In honor of Melissa Benoist and her brave story of surviving domestic violence, Supergirl Radio will be raising money for RAIN, the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, which is the largest anti-sexual violence organization in the United States. Our fundraising goal is to hit $300, so if you are able to donate, visit fundraise.rain.org slash supergirlradio. On December 1st, 2020, we'd like to invite you to a marathon live stream on YouTube and Facebook from the hours of 8 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern. But here's the twist. We'd like to provide Supergirl Radio listeners with the chance to host your own 30-minute segments. Do you have a perspective on the show related to your field of expertise? Is there a Supergirl comic that you'd like to review? Would you like to do your own version of Boardroom or Ballroom? You will have the freedom to pick your topic, but we have one request. Make sure you tie it to Supergirl. Email us your segment pitches to supergirlradio at gmail.com by Sunday, November 15th, and we will pick four listeners to be Supergirl Radio hosts for the day. Radio Rebirth, your source for current Supergirl comics that started with DC Rebirth. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Maureen Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss and review Supergirl number 29, which was written by Mark Andreco, pencils by Eduardo Pensica, inks by Julio Ferreira, and colors by FCO Placencia. I actually looked up an interview with uh, Placencia and discovered that that was how you pronounced his name. So that I don't butcher it every time, because I feel like I was always guessing, because I was. Uh, So now (laughs) I know it is Placencia. I do that a lot where I, like, look up pronunciations of names, but, like, like, uh, Carmina Barana, it um, (laughs) immediately... Yes! Finally! I was going to say, it immediately, like, like, you can tell me, okay, this is how you pronounce a name, and one second later, I will be like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it seeps out of my mind immediately. I think it's, I mean, I'm worried about myself, but it's it's a cross I have to bear. If I don't write it down, I have problems. If I write it down, I can maybe remember it. Um, and I have to do that a lot where I'll go look up. I find the best way, if you ever want to know how to pronounce, like, a famous person's name, I usually try to go look up an interview with them to see if somebody... Either the interviewer will say it, and sometimes you'll get, like, with the, uh, uh, for example, of Anna Jope uh, from Titans. The reason I know it's Anna Jope is because the interviewer said it incorrectly, and she corrected him. And so yeah. I was like, aha! So sometimes you'll get that, where if the interview do- interviewer doesn't say it correctly... They will correct them and let you know what it is. So just a little tip if you ever wonder how to uh, pronounce a famous person's name, that's how I do it uh, because I find a great success with it. So uh, hopefully I did pronounce uh, pronounce that correctly. I believe it is Placencia. So uh, I'm going to go with that for the rest of our time here reading these comics because uh, the colors by FCO Placencia are beautiful. So I hope we get to continue to say his name uh, with these comics. All right, so the description for Supergirl number 29 uh, reads, quote, The sins of the circle revealed. With a galaxy-wide bounty on Supergirl's head, she, Crypto, and Zender must hide out at an abandoned planet until it's safe enough to continue tracking the circle's trail of misdeeds. Unbeknownst to Supergirl, this planet is where the last crystal of Appa Ali Apsa was left to be found for the hidden messages in her collected crystals to be revealed. Who killed Appa Ali Apsa? 
What other deeds happened at the hands of Rogel's are? Find out here, unquote. So this Ooh. issue really was the big reveal issue. This is like the biggest issue about the storyline that we've been currently reading. And a lot of truths came out in this one. So Morgan, all the questions <laughs> were answered. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think about Supergirl? So there's a couple of truths that were revealed. So <laughs> the first one I think we should talk about uh, is the big one where Supergirl hears the truth from uh, Apis Crystal and the confessions that came out about that. So what did you think about the whole situation with the crystals and how the truths were revealed. And I guess we could maybe even work a little Gandello into that. So just uh, whatever your thoughts are related to that part of the the issue. Uh, what did you think? Yeah. So I thought that, so listen, the crystal part was incredible because um I appreciate any time, first of all, any time that crypto uh, really contributes to the plot. And <laughs> he did. Anytime, anytime Chris, crypto comes in clutch, as he does, uh, in my opinion, all the time, <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate it. He's like, here are all the crystals. And he just like has them in his mouth. He's like, rough. And he drops them down. And they're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, those are all the crystals. And then I, I especially appreciate that the writing, like, brings attention to the fact that it's insane that crypto would just find all these crystals <laughs> randomly on this planet where they're like uh, having a dip in the pool <laughs> in, the, in like the lake and they're like oh well weirder things have happened to us moving along <laughs> what? <laughs> they were like listen we're just tired of like dragging the storyline on so what if crypto just found all the uh the rubik's cubes all at once uh during their vacation what if, what if that's how it happened and i was just like you know what fine all right well it makes sense because he's probably i mean he's a super dog but i assume that because he's still a dog he would go around digging in places and so i i can buy that he would be digging up these crystals and it just so happens to be the one they need I like that they just also so happen to be on this random planet, like this unincorporated planet, just taking a vacation. That just happens to be where all the crystals are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I commend the storytelling decision to just not care about these crystals <laughs> and just be like, let's just get them over with. Let's just do it. <laughs> uh, the, 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 finding the crystals could have become a, could have become a whole storyline where they had to go find them all over the place and track them down. And they decided, nah, I think they'll <laughs> all just be in one place and crypto will dig them out looking for a bone. <laughs> and I have to, I have to commend them for that because that was incredible. Um, leaving aside how insane the crystal thing was, <laughs> um, I get so we got into the conspiracy stuff, which has been my least favorite stuff uh, that we've been dealing with so far. I, I miss the uh, the Omega Men. I don't know where my boy Nasratu is. Yeah, they just they did they disappear? We just left them. <laughs> yeah, remember, do we remember do we know where they are? There was. Remember when you thought that there was going to be a love triangle? Like anything carries over from one issue to the next in in this run. I was actually so I'm very conflicted about the love triangle while we're, <laughs> while we're here because on the one hand I'm very relieved there seems to n maybe not be a love triangle. I'm guessing Reander like that's it. I don't know. I, there's no real follow up to that whole thing. <laughs> so I'm glad in one part that there is nothing, it seems like, that is going to make me irritated with the love triangle. But on the other hand, I'm irritated that there isn't a follow-up because there's no point to what they did in the issue before that, where they made it all dramatic and there was a big thing. I mean, they literally had them positioned in composition uh, of, a, of a triangle, and they made a big deal about Zinder coming in and finding Reander and Supergirl holding hands. If you're going to do that, at least follow through with the love triangle. So I part there's I, I hate to say part of me because we, we did read Going on Being and uh, he <laughs> emphasized in that book, the author did, uh, that there is no part of you. There's just you. Uh, so I guess I, uh, in all of my parts, um, <laughs> uh, finds it frustrating that if you're going to introduce what seems to be a love triangle, at least do the love triangle. So I, I'm 
glad that there is nothing there, but I'm also kind of frustrated that it seems like the writing is very jarring. Uh, but there were all, there were a couple of things like that. I feel like every three or four issues, you could jump onto this series and uh, and only be moderately confused because they just kind of sweep what happened in like the previous arc. Like goodbye, Omega Man, see ya. And we just like never hear from them again. <laughs> there's a there's like a quick mention in like on the first page where she's talking about her journey, where she's talking about like the conspiracy and uh, the Omega Men show up as like a tiny, tiny little bit during the conflict. And then she mentions a really good kiss with Reander. And that's it. That's it. Like. We don't know what happened with them. Uh, presumably she was like, goodbye. And they like took off. But like, we have no idea. We didn't get to see that. We didn't get to see her leaving and saying goodbye to Reander and the Omega Men. It, she's just suddenly on vacation. Do we know what happened to them? Because I'm even trying to remember in Supergirl 28, they, they fought all the clones of Supergirl and she was with them at one point. And then I guess, yeah. I guess when Zender finds her when Zinder and Crypto find Supergirl, I guess they just take her with them. I guess they just left. They were just like, "It's been real." Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean, there was a little bit of wrap up in twenty eight where they were saying like, "Oh, well, we've got the you know Nosferatu and some of the other people in in these like stasis chambers. Maybe they're always evil. Maybe they're not. We'll find out." Uh, <laughs> And they, she had like a conversation with the the one lady about like being a good mother eventually. Oh, Callista, yeah, yeah, Callista. Uh, but it didn't feel like a goodbye at all. It just felt like, oh, the battle's over, and we can like we have a little bit of downtime. Like I don't feel like she ever was like, okay, well, I'm gonna take off and leave, and good luck to you on your journeys. And suddenly we start this issue. And she's on, essentially, she's on vacation, like, <laughs> yeah. on an unincorporated planet. She's, like, just wearing her little, like, S-shield, like, hoodie outfit and some, maybe some leggings. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and uh, and Zindercole and Crypto are just splashing around in a lake. And, like, it looks like a good time. I'm not judging them. After things get tough, like you want to go on vacation, who wouldn't want to go to beautiful planet Tavar, <laughs> unincorporated? Like, I, I get it. I get it. But it would have been nice, I think, at the end of last issue to just spend, take a little bit of that love triangle real estate that apparently they were never going to move on and just have her say goodbye to people. Until you mentioned the Omega Men, I kind of had already forgotten about them. <laughs> I know. So so had the issue. <laughs> we we we've been recording these with with just a week in between. So within a week, I I hadn't even thought what happened to the Omega Men. I I guess I thought maybe at some point we would get back to them, but it is a little weird that we spent we spent a a, a couple of issues with them and I was kind of getting to to like them and now they're just gone. I know. I was kind of vibing with the Omega Men. I liked I liked that there were so many different ones. I thought maybe eventually I'd meet Soap. And <laughs> now I, I'll never, I'll You'll never, never know. Meet Soap. I think this is maybe my overall problem with Rebirth, which is that like every four issues, it feels like in Rebirth or five issues or something, after every arc, it feels like they just kind of crumple up the previous arc, toss it into the trash can and just move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, that didn't work. We don't like that. We're we're gonna do and, something else. You know, I just ima I just imagine like I just imagine them like crumpling up the pages, like doing like a, a hoop shot into the garbage <laughs> yeah. and going like and then spinning around and being like, What's next? And like I I get it. Like it's fine. Like I, I understand comic storytelling usually goes, you know, in arcs and onto the next thing, but like the fact that sometimes these arcs there's like almost no carryover, like we'll just not get any any like resolution with some of this stuff that they bring up it just drives me crazy the the beginning of uh i think that they switched writers about halfway through the this part of rebirth has no like correlation to the what we read in the beginning of rebirth like it's basically a completely different story and i don't mind that too much because it, it it 
as long as it's connected a little bit, but it didn't it didn't seem to be connected much at all. And in to take your metaphor of the the hoop shot into the trash can, <laughs> my my visual is you're you're looking at the trash can, but you're seeing a bunch of the crumpled up paper on the floor. Like they're not even making the shot. Like it's just <laughs> there there's crumpled up paper everywhere. We did it. <laughs> and then they just move on. You're like, I was I was almost getting invested in that other thing, but like not all the way. <laughs> like I liked the Omega Man. I liked the uh what was a uh, what was our our favorite uh villain splice? My yes. girl splice. I liked my girl splice. I liked the Omega Man. I wasn't like loving it though. And like <laughs> it feels like they pick up these ideas and before you can really get into them, they've uh they've tossed them towards the trash can, but not in. And they're moving <laughs> on to the they're moving on to the next thing. And I'm just like, I was just starting to kind of okay, let's let's go. Let's go. I guess we're on this cons- back to this conspiracy now. Like they in, in the beginning of this part of the run, like they were in Weren't they with like the the lanterns and there was all that yeah. stuff? Like that only lasted a couple issues. And as soon as I was like, okay, I guess I got to learn about these lanterns. It, <laughs> I didn't at all because they were gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, it seems like we're going back to the lanterns, but it would have been, I don't know. I there's 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 something about the idea of breaking that up that is really jarring. And I think your point about how. It, it would help us get attached to these characters if we got to spend time, like we've gotten to spend some time with Zinder Cole and we've gotten to know him a little bit. So that I think is the one consistent thing about this part of, uh, I guess, I don't know if they call it Rebirth anymore, but it's at least what has come from Rebirth in 2016 when it started. This is kind of the, the continuation of all of that. So there, the, the Zinder part of it, the Zinder and crypto probably of it, that has been consistent, and I, I feel connected to those characters. But how how am I going to care about the Lanterns? How am I going to care about uh, the Omega Men? How am I going to care about uh, Reander if I don't get to spend any time with them? So I think there is an unfortunate piece of that, that they come in and go, and then you never hear from them again. And it's it's a little irritating. And that I think that's why I was so frustrated with, like, no follow-up to the love triangle, because it was like... Ugh. Commit to something. Yeah. <laughs> stop, stop messing I, around. I think that's maybe my problem. It's just that, like, commit to something. Commit to something. And I, I guess my problem, my bigger problem, is that they are committing to something. It's the thing I'm least interested in. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I, I, I'm, I'm dinging them for a thing that they're like, I am. I'm committing to this. Aren't you into this conspiracy? I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't care. Um. But they have, to to their credit, they have committed to this conspiracy. It's been the through line um, through this whole sort of arc, um, this little out of, sort of outer space arc that she's been on. But I just, I mean, we finally get the reveal of the conspiracy. And I, I, I'm not much more interested in it <laughs> than I was before. I, I do appreciate that it has a link to Zinder Cole. So there's like... He's there's a reason for him to be there. Um, it's personal for him now, which I think makes it easier when it's personal for both of the characters. Um, I I got what's going on with Gandello. Uh, she's evil. She's um, very evil. Very evil. Um, I just don't care about the rest of it. I just don't really care about. I'm not, you know, I could see how this could be interesting. It's just not to me. So you sound a little bit like Supergirl in this issue because one of the things that I I was kind of scratching my head about was the fact that for issues and issues, Zender has been, oh my gosh, what if Kara finds out about the connection to my mom? She's never going to talk to me again. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is, this is so stressful. I shouldn't tell her. I don't want to, I don't want to upset her. I, I, you know, I, I I want to be around her. And if, if if I tell her this, this is going to just blow everything up. And then he comes out with it. He gets angry about what he sees and hears in the confession, which is totally understandable. And he blurts it out. He talks about how, you know, he just lets all of his secrets out about being connected to Gandello and how Gandello is connected to the circle and how uh, the circle is connected to the discu- destruction of Krypton. All this the stuff is connected to Gandello. <laughs> 
<laughs> so so he blurts out all of this stuff that he was so worried about telling Kara about, and Kara's like, that's fine. <laughs> oh, oh, we still chill. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> it was another one of those writing questions where I was like, but for issues and issues, you, you've built up this concern that he has. Yeah, why build it up then if it was going to be a non-issue? I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool with the fact that she's cool with it. I think that's actually the better approach. I, I, I think they've built up a, 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 a rapport with each other that I think she would be understanding about it. But you've introduced the drama there, so I don't understand why you did that. If there's not going to be any, dr- granted, again. I would prefer there not be any drama, but why did you introduce the idea that there would be drama? Like, I, th- I think why the do that? Is that like instead of underlining her non-reaction as being like something that's noteworthy, being like, "I was sure that you were going to hate me," yeah, and you're just fine with it, and I can't believe that you're fine with it. Something like that. That would have saved in- it. Instead, it literally is a non-reaction. Like, I didn't even remember her reacting at all. I had to go look through it. And it's on page something. Uh, It's on page 15, where he talks about, like, how could I have been so blind? And she's like, you're not guilty of your mother's crimes. They're not your burden. Um, And that's it. That's literally it. Like, she has no reaction to the fact that, like, clearly he knows who Gandello is because it was his mom. And uh, and maybe there was some reason that he was, like, hanging out with her. No re- reaction at all to the point where I was like, did she put together the pieces that, like, he, like maybe Gandello had sent him to, like, to fake, like, you know, to to watch He her, spied or? on her. Yeah, did she did she realize I'm not even sure she realized that though. That's the problem. I'm not sure if she just had a non-reaction to this revelation or if she just did not put together with She didn't revelation. put all the pieces together. <laughs> so maybe it's still coming. I don't know. I just I read it and I was like, that's it? That's that's all we're getting out of all that drama that we had spent the last couple of issues. Like he was so worried about it. He was yeah. monologuing to crypto about it. He was so worried. <laughs> and then nothing happened. So I I just get frustrated by the idea of as a writer introducing something and then never following through with it. So to me, that that just seemed very strange from a writing and then a reading perspective as what I, I guess that maybe it's maybe it's like The Last Jedi. It's subverting all of my expectations. Um, and that's <laughs> supposed to be good. Um in some ways, it can be, I guess. But uh, in in this specific instance, I don't consider it good. But that's just me. I think if you're like trying to subvert expectations, you have to like show that you're subverting them. If we're having a conversation about whether or not she actually realizes that that's that he was like there on purpose and like kind of betrayed her, I think that that's unsuccessful. <laughs> like w- whether or not we're like reading it correctly or incorrectly it's unsuccessful because we don't know like <laughs> i'm not sure if car realized what that meant and yeah. was just like oh no no i'm a caring person and you're green chris pratt and you're best friends with my dog and that's you know we're all good here or if car was just like ah sucks about your mom like yeah. i don't know i don't i don't really know i wasn't given enough in this issue it was like really the whole thing was maybe two panels where he goes, you know, the boy was me and she comforts him and that's it. And then we're right back to the conspiracy. Yeah. And so it feels like, I think the problem is that the stuff that I care about or that I like reading in comics is usually the character based stuff. Right. And the stuff that, that rebirth thus far is interested in is more of the plot stuff it's like let's get all these although not that interested because of the crystals (laughs) but uh but it's like let's unravel this conspiracy theory and like let's do this and let's do that and let's go here and now you're wielding an axe and like (laughs) the character stuff is squeezed into these tiny little crevices in that is left in the story and it's it's barely enough to real like to kind of connect it together with like, well, what are they thinking? What are they feeling? Like, 
what's going on with Kara. And, you know, the last issue I felt like at least had some character stuff from for her, like an, a, a, a nice character arc. And this one, she's just being, um, she's just listening to a lot of exposition from people. And, and then, you know, wielding an axe. I don't really, I don't feel like she had a lot of, like, she learned a big thing about this conspiracy. And I don't feel like we got a lot of, like, her perspective on it. Because it went from just one, like, learning about the conspiracy to, like, an action set piece with, like, really no time for her to, like, wrap her head around what that meant to her as, you know, her home planet and all that stuff like we get a little bit of it but like not much because we're already in the next boss fight basically if i was the writer i would think that um having those emotions and giving the characters time because you're giving you're already giving them time to breathe while they're on this uh unincorporated yeah, planet on vacation like i kind of feel like all the pages that were spent and i like i actually and again this is sort of how i like to read things and i think is more a reflection of that than you know know than the actual story but i like the beginning part where they're just chilling out on this island yeah. a lot more than i liked when we got into you know the plot like when they when they're on the island she's like oh you've got a robotic hand and i was like hey <laughs> <laughs> always so excited to see a robotic hand i also <laughs> thought it was really funny that um <laughs> That she mentions like, um, like, oh, you know, losing a limb is rarely <laughs> a good time. Yeah. And part of me wondered, like, why didn't she mention Eliza? And then I was like, no, in this right. version, Eliza has a hand. Because this Eliza. <laughs> this is that one point where the hand would have come into play. She could have mentioned that her adoptive mother had lost a hand and she knew about that struggle. This is like. This was the like you could have used that setup to play into this, and it's, it's like, like a missed like, opportunity. Finally, finally, Eliza's missing hand yes. could have been could have been like a really poignant moment about you know about moving on in the face of adversity, and uh, but uh, we reset everything, so <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. Uh, but like the the beginning part of this issue where they're just kind of hanging out. And, and taking a dip with crypto, I like that so much more than when we started to get into like the nitty gritty of the conspiracy, like learning about Zinder Cole's backstory and how he came to be adopted by Gandello and all of that stuff. I thought that was way more interesting than when we got like pages and pages of like once upon a time there was a circle of people and we let out Rogel's are and then he destroyed Krypton like. All right, cool. I wonder if the idea of like going with the plot versus the character stuff is is them trying to cater to a certain demographic who cares more about the action set pieces and things like that. I don't know if they if they set out to write for a certain demographic or if they just write the story that they want to tell and they just from their perspective, because that's perfect, perfectly fine too. If you're a writer who would rather write the action, I get that. Um, but I also don't, don't know if they write it with the, the old idea that like only 13 year old boys read comics. Like, I don't know if that's the, the idea behind that, because I think, I, and also, I don't want this to be stereotypical, but I think as women, we might prefer the character stuff over some of that other stuff just based on who we like. I don't know if it's a if it's a lady thing, because I also prefer <laughs> the character stuff. And I also I would have been OK if they and not to be shippery because this is not a ship thing. But if they use this opportunity with, you know, Kara watching uh, Zender and Crypto playing in the water, if that, like, led to a development of a romance, I think that's a good setup for that, if that's where you were going to go. But maybe they thought nobody reading this comic is going to be interested in a romance, so we're not going to do that. We're just going to do more action stuff. I don't know. I don't know what they're... Per I'm just going to assume, because I... I well... I'm doing I'm making a lot of assumptions about the writing uh, <laughs> behind this comic and I shouldn't do that. But um I'm going to believe because I have no other if we were to talk to Mark and Draco, I would be interested in his perspective and how he 
wanted to write these certain elements. Like, did he just really want to tell a conspiracy story? Maybe that's what it is. And he didn't want to get into all of that other stuff. Maybe he wasn't interested uh, at, at, with the character stuff. Maybe he just, that's the way he writes. I don't know. Um, but I would be interested in, in knowing about that because it uh, it does seem to prioritize the action in the big splash pages. And, and all of that is great with comics. Um, but it does seem to uh, prefer one over the other. And it's, for me, I like a conspiracy theory. I like um, the big splash pages. I love all of that. But the thing that sort of bummed me out about the revelation about the circle was that it was basically the motivation of every bad guy ever where they're like, oh, we, <laughs> yep. we want to uh, stop wars and we want people from we want to stop people from killing each other. So we're going to do this thing. And it's like, but then, I've, we went, but then we went mad with power. Yeah, I've, I've seen that in Batman Begins. But the, I've seen that in Watchmen. I see that all the time. And so I was kind of hoping for something new and different. And then to learn that the 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 big conspiracy theory was just something I had already seen in other stories was a little bit of a letdown. Yeah. So they have a line uh, on one of the pa- on one of the splash pages where they're explaining the conspiracy uh, when the crystals are, you know, projecting. And it says we were a powerful union. But as is proven again and again, power corrupts. If in your dialogue you have to say that this happens over and over again, <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe it's repetitive is the thing. Yeah, I agree. I thought that like when, and that's maybe one of the reasons why, you know, I didn't care about the conspiracy before. I don't really care more about it now. If you're learning about it and having it like having the explanation about the conspiracy is that like, I feel like I've seen this story over and over again. It's not new or unique. And so it's not that intriguing to me. Like the art, and the colors and stuff on these pages are, are great. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not impressed with like the story, like what the story is. Like the backstory on this conspiracy is just like a bunch of powerful people were trying to uh, do a good thing, but then one <laughs> one person was like, mm, I, I I'm gonna do. A, I'm gonna air quotes do a good thing by blowing up planets, <laughs> and then it all. How could it have gone awry? <laughs> and uh, uh, as as secret cabals usually do, obviously <laughs> only for the good of the people. And uh, <laughs> like, I mean, it's it was kind of paint by numbers. I was a little bit dis. And I feel like that's one of the reasons why I wasn't very interested in this storyline. Like all along, is because I feel like I kind of already knew that this was what it is. I think when we got this revelation, I was like, hadn't we already found that out? Yeah, I wasn't all that surprised by it. I was like, oh, that's it? Okay. Um, I I guess to to be fair about the writing, it did give us answers. Maybe yeah. maybe it was uh unsurprising or repetitive or trite. But they gave us answers. They told us what the deal was with Rogelzar and how he connected to the circle. It gave us uh, confirmation about Zorel's uh, interplay with them and how Kara can now be a little relieved to know that her dad's invention was always used for good to create planets, which when she said create planets, I was like, I want more story of that. Yeah, for real. If, if we're if we're gonna dig into some of the plot, can we go back to that about how he was creating planets? Um, but but at least he wasn't destroying them. Um, so that's good. So so we got some information about how some of these things that she had been worried about and those uh, kryptonite hallucinations and all of that stuff. At least we we got answers to some of the things that had been posed as questions that was revealed so at least we we did get that i just think that some of that was um was not uh, as big of a shock as i think it maybe was uh intended to be yeah i agree and i guess since we're talking about some of the plot and i guess this is character based we did get some backstory on zender cole and how he um got taken in by gandello it, if if that was a bit of character stuff, did you enjoy that? What, what did you think about the backstory on Zinder Cole? Yeah, I thought the backs. I like the backstory on Zinder Cole because I, I, 
felt like it gave him a reason to kind of still be sticking around and uh, it gave him a more personal stake in the uh, in the storyline going forward. Um, so I liked that. And I also liked, you know, hearing about his backstory and and how how he ended up with uh, Gandello as his mom. I was really cu- curious about that. You know, he doesn't appear to be a nice creature. So <laughs> <laughs> how'd that work? Um, so I thought that stuff was pretty good. Like that stuff to me was character development for him. And we didn't know very much about him prior to this, except, you know, he got to be like Indiana Jones in that one, one shot that one time, which did come which, into play in this issue. Into play. I, I was like, you know what, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Cause I remember <laughs> complaining about that one when we read that issue. I was like, why are we watching Zinder Cole be Indiana Jones? Like, I don't care. And it turns out it, it uh it worked it worked for this issue it was it was all for this i did appreciate that that it did come into play and it it was valuable yeah i liked that callback i thought that was cool um but yeah i liked his backstory i i really liked uh, i really liked hearing about like rogelzar that like rogelzar just has like a fan club <laughs> uh that was kind of my favorite like besides the early part of the issue that was my favorite part when they're like coming down they're like oh my god i'm going to kill you and like crypto is really like taking a bite out of crime and everything <laughs> it's great uh crypto really again coming in clutch all the time uh, <laughs> uh, but then she gets the uh she gets the axe and everybody's like oh cool <laughs> you're the queen now like what and 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 just as I was starting to really like the idea of her having this like minion army uh, <laughs> that's just like really into her, they get killed. And I was so disappointed. I was like, no, I loved this. I love the idea of like a su- uh, like an evil Supergirl fan club where they're like, oh my god, Supergirl's so cool. Do you see how she wields that axe? <laughs> and then they get killed and immediately by Gandello. And I was so mad (laughs) yeah she and she did it in the worst way possible she stabbed from uh behind stabbed him in the back uh i think his name was nuvex uh so uh nuvex was one of her minions one of gandello's minions who um well i guess he was a bounty hunter technically maybe maybe he was just sort of um maybe he was just freelancing maybe not a (laughs) full-time minion just just a little bit of a freelancer he was just chasing that uh the high of a uh, one time seeing that axe and he was like, Oh, here it is again. <laughs> well, they're apparently big Rogelzar fans. That was the yeah. issue. They yeah. were just like they were super big fans. Uh and she had put him in the Phantom Zone. Totally not cool with them. Uh but it turns out they weren't Rogelzar fans. They were just fans of the axe, which yeah. is my favorite, my favorite twist of all time. They were like, Oh, the axe is with you? Guess <laughs> we're going with you now. And before we could even dive into that, gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. It does seem like some of the more interesting, and I think that it goes back to that critique about it how it not being character centric. That if you if you were writing it with the idea of wanting to tell the character stories, you would you would develop that a little more. I think, or at least I would. I would develop more about what that does for Supergirl. You know that like she has to deal with now. These people are following her, and they're terrible. They're these terrible, like, bounty hunters who do all these terrible things. Like, I would be more interested in what she has to do at that point with with all of these people. Um, But I don't know. I think it just goes back to, and I don't want to read into anything, but it just seems like the writing prioritizes just the, let's get to the next plot point, and we're not going to deal with that other thing. Which, you know, if that's the way you write, that's the way you write. But it just it just seems a little strange that they don't they don't pull those threads as much as they should or as much as I would like them to, I guess, is a fair, fair yeah, thing I to say. I think there's there's a lot of interesting ideas that get kind of put forward in these issues. But because they're always rushing from, like, one thing to the next, like, they never have time to breathe. And I think that's probably my big critique with, like, this in general, with Rebirth in general, but specifically, like, this portion of Rebirth that we're reading. It's just, like, nothing ever has time to breathe or to develop or it's just rushing from one thing to the next thing 
um, with barely any time for, for any of the characters to kind of like have any emotions or feelings or about what just happened. <laughs> Which is weird because you would think that putting the characters on an isolated, abandoned planet would be the time <laughs> to yep. deal with that. This this is literally their time to breathe. I would have been okay as a reader if you just did the whole issue with Supergirl, Zender, Crypto, and then finding this, maybe finding the stones at the very end and taking that time to kind of get to know them as characters. I would have been fine with that whole issue just being that and their time on this planet. I would, and like at the very end, having a cliffhanger, oh, we found the next stone that's going to give us the secrets. I would have been okay with that. Um, but that's also just me as a reader. So I, 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 I understand that as a writer, you can't, please everybody all the time so you just have to write your story so i'm just going to believe and assume that this is the way the writer wants to tell the story and i also wonder like did they know that they only had a certain amount of issues to tell this in and they were just kind of trying to speed along to the next thing and maybe they didn't think that they had time for like a down issue between the action where there there's just like People, you know, just kind of character development stuff. I don't know. But I think for me, it's the reason why, you know, it doesn't, while I like a lot of individual moments, I'm not, I'm just not as connected to some of the stuff that happens just because it all happens so fast. Yeah, I can't remember about the uh, historical timeline in which this was written because, again, we are very behind in reading this. <laughs> but it, but that is a good point that there could have been a point in this this run that they didn't know exactly what they were doing in terms of how much time they had and where they needed to go. So, uh, I guess in in terms of my critique, I guess I'll have a little grace in that if that was the case. Um, because you can only do so much with the time that you're given. So that would make sense if that was um, what ended up happening. Uh, but it, it's it's one of those things where like in a perfect world, you would want to take the time to get to know the characters and, and uh, expand the story and the world a little more. Um, but uh, so we've talked a little bit about the story and the conspiracy theory and the plot and all the kind of things that we wanted to follow up on that were not followed up on. And then the things that we got were a little underwhelming. Uh, but we haven't talked about the art yet. So uh, were there any panels or pages in the art that really stuck out to you in Supergirl number 29? Yeah. You know what? I like the first panel, uh, the first or I guess it's page four. It's like kind of the second page where it's revealed that they're on vacation <laughs> and uh car is sort of sitting up towards the, 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 the front of the, the panel. And then it, you see this unincorporated planet where uh, Zinder Cole and crypto are, are sort of playing in the, the lake water and car has got her little like, kind of comfortable just hanging around loungewear it's super loungewear her, her, her comfy suit yeah it's i mean it's kind of like just what i've been wearing for the last seven eight months uh you know just her comfy pants um <laughs> I, I, I imagine these are her super yoga pants or whatever uh sweatpants and uh and like little hoodie and i think that that was really nice i think it's pretty like i like all the colors of this planet there's like a lot of like it looks like floating rocks just in the air. Uh, and then there's also obviously the, the, Oh, I like that the panel on page six, where you can see that Zinder Cole's arm can also turn into a dog tummy scratcher. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's important. And, and that's a very important life skill that you have. Um, I feel all the sort of compilation pages, like the on on page seven where you see Zinder Cole's backstory, I think the color is beautiful in a lot of these pages. Like the way that the sort of the blue up at the top like fades into like yellows and reds and sort of back down into like cooler colors, like with Gandello and um, the conspiracy pages are really good too. Um, as far as just like the artwork and and how colorful how color is used with like the the warm colors and the cool colors and the kind of the contrast in that i thought that was really cool i thought like the both of the conspiracy splash pages are really neat um and i i also really love the um 
the panel where she's got the axe and they're all just like, yes, hail, <laughs> which is funny because it's really small. It's like at the bottom of the screen. And I just wish it was a bigger panel because I want to see them like all hailing the axe um, <laughs> up close and personal. You can see their their shocked faces when she gets the axe and she's kind of like on the she's sort of uh, the Supergirl is kind of transversing the whole page and I like the colors there but then all of their faces they're like oh my god is that the axe and they're like shocked I love that I thought that was really funny yeah that's a good point if they had uh blown that up a little bit to be more impactful to see that moment where they're all freaking out about her having the axe um, I, I think that would would have been pretty cool to see. I, I also would echo your um, comment about the colors because they they used warm colors and cold colder or cooler colors in in uh, a very uh, intentional way, which I thought was was very good because they used warm colors like the orange and the the reds uh, when something was exploding or when there was fire, you know, it, uh, trying to emphasize that there's um, heat going on. There's a lot of uh, heat with the, the warm colors. And then cold, obviously, <laughs> would go with Gandello, who looks like an icicle lady. <laughs> um, and so using the blues and the greens to emphasize the cooler parts there, I thought was very smart. And, and maybe it's like a no-brainer. I don't know if artists just kind of default to that when they're I'm, I'm no artist so I don't know but I think it um I as a reader and as someone who appreciates art I like that there's intention behind that and that there's some thought that goes into why you would use certain colors where you do so I I really appreciated that um I also enjoyed I, th- I think you might have mentioned at one point in our conversation the the flashbacks on page three I like that even though we we haven't really seen follow-ups to the Omega Men or Reander or, or characters like that. I like the flashbacks of taking us through Supergirl's journey and kind of recapping where we've been with her and how it's going to culminate into this big showdown between Supergirl and Gandela. So I, I liked that as a, not only a storytelling choice, but an artistic choice as well. I also liked page six when we got to see Crypto shake off the water. I could actually... Oh my God, yes. I could... I could actually, like, I, I know this sounds sort of weird, but I could sort of feel like that water could kind of, you know, the sounds of, of like a dog shaking the water off. I could, I, the, the, it was very real to me when I could, when I could sit there and look at that um, panel. So I, I really liked that. There was also um, a POV of the, of the crystal of the stone um, on page eight that I really liked where it was, it was basically if you were that crystal, you were looking at Supergirl and Zender and Crypto staring at you. <laughs> and I, I really I liked that. I thought it brought a little comedy into the issue. But yeah, the splash pages were really great. And and for me, even, even though some of the story plot points were a little underwhelming, the way that it was illustrated sort of, I, I thought, it helped guide me through this very complicated, convoluted conspiracy th- theory because, like, on page 13, and I think, what was the other page? Um, there was a big one with Rogelzar. I don't know if that's, uh, I don't know what page that is. Um, but definitely on, like, for example, on page 13, it takes you through that whole thing and illustrates it to where if you were having a hard time just based on the the text and the dialogue you could you could see it in the in the images and i think it did a lot to help tell the story um i also just as a a supergirl fan on page 16 um this is not the first time we've seen this in the series but i thought it was cool there was a panel on page 16 where we get to see uh kara transform into her her comfy pants <laughs> into the supergirl <laughs> suit because i like the idea of what they've been doing in rebirth and this is sort of connected to the tv show but supergirl changes it by pressing on her S shield and i think that's a really awesome idea and so i enjoy getting to see it in all of these um these panels so uh or in these issues so i think the art was really great and i think it helped tell the story and it's it's one of the things that um uh chris who does the super danvers comics um she talked about that when i asked her about you know what what do you think is good art you know why why 
when you see good art, how do you know it? And she she talked a lot about um, if the art helps tell the story and and how it tells the story. So um, so I think the the art was uh, pretty great in this issue, even if I did have some <laughs> underwhelming feelings about the story. Um. So Morgan, what are your overall thoughts about uh, issue number twenty nine? Uh, how do you come down on this one? Yeah, I mean, I, I like, I generally like this one. Um, I like the stuff in the beginning where we get to see Kara and, uh, Zinder, Zinder Cole kind of bond a little bit more and talk about their backstories or talk about his backstory. He gets to hang out with crypto who doesn't want to hang out with crypto. (laughs) Um, the conspiracy parts, I've just, it's, it's not really like my favorite thing. It's like not something I'm super interested in. So they lose me there. Uh, they tend to lose me there, but at least this storyline is moving forward. If nothing else, because uh, like the mystery of it was not doing anything for me. So now that the conspiracy is out in the open, I hope that like the story will kind of move forward from here. Um, I know that obviously Gandello is going to be the villain from now on. It seems like, and and uh, it does still make me laugh that she's got this really rosy like view of her father who at the beginning of the the beginning beginning of this run was like trying to <laughs> turn Earth into Krypton. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, I think that if anything, this this issue really moved us forward and kind of moved us past this conspiracy being like a mystery. And uh, so I'm it, interested to see what this sort of. um this whole storyline looks like now that that's out in the open and she's not searching for the truth anymore because she has the truth now. So uh, I'm excited for what that means as far as storyline possibilities for this, for this arc. Um, This issue, I was kind of mixed on it, but I I did, uh, I did appreciate that there was a little bit of character stuff, even though it wasn't, you know, specifically car centric, but, uh, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where it's going from here. Yeah, I would echo the sentiments that I'm glad that the story is progressing, that it's going somewhere, that this pushed the story forward in a bit, in a big, big way. So uh, I'm hoping that uh, the more we get into it, maybe more of the character stuff for Kara will come out because this is going to impact her in a in a a monumental way because she's going to be faced with the person who has caused a lot of the problems that she's been dealing with. So I'm, I'm curious if we'll get to see some Supergirl Gandello stuff and how maybe that plays into Zinder Cole's story and how this ultimately ends. Like, I don't know where this is going to go, but I'm interested at least to see how their interactions happen and what, what goes on from here. So I guess that, uh, the, the idea of the fact that we do know the truth now and what does that do for the characters moving forward? I think that's what's got me most excited from here. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our thoughts on Supergirl number 29. If you've already picked up this issue, make sure to give it a rating in Comixology or your DC Comics app. And if you haven't bought it yet, Supergirl number 29 is available in the DC Comics app, the Comixology app, as well as Comixology.com, Google Play, the Nook Store, Amazon, and at ReadDCEntertainment.com. I had to stop myself from saying DC TV. Like I was (laughs) almost, I was like the DC... (laughs) comics app <laughs> i'm so used to saying dc tv <laughs> and i need to check and make sure that they still refer to the comic stuff as google play because uh we'll talk about it when we get into plug in supergirl radio but uh google play has sort of shifted now 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 it's google podcasts uh, I didn't oh. realize that until just recently so i need to make sure that the comic stuff I don't know if that's still Google Play or not. Um, But if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. And if you want to write or call in, make sure to do it before Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. And be be on the lookout for some things that are coming up on Instagram. I think we're going to do a giveaway. On Instagram, our friend Bill Meeks uh, just released his audiobook version of his uh, 
fan podcasting book that we have talked about on Supergirl Radio before that actually features Supergirl Radio. You've got some quotes from uh, one Morgan Glennon and uh, from yours mm-hmm. truly in there. So if you would like to hear Bill Meeks, uh, maybe, I guess, read our thoughts, which I'm actually very curious about had to hear Bill actually read all, what we wrote. <laughs> I hope he does our quotes in like in like a, a, a funny voice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Can can you maybe uh, portray us as how you think we sound? I, I would be interested in that. Um, but uh, but yeah, so we'll probably do a giveaway because he's given us some promo codes that our listeners can use. So keep your eye out for that. We'll probably do that pretty soon here. So uh, make sure that you are following uh, uh, Supergirl Radio on Instagram because that might be part of the rules. We'll let you know. Uh, you can listen to us on Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the show. Uh, you can also find us on Radio Public and Podchaser. And we're also listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. And we're available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio. So if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. And if you find all of that overwhelming, uh, because sometimes I do, uh, you can just go to supergirlradio.com and find all of the links to everything I've just mentioned on the right side of the page. And now we throw it over to Amy from the Legends of Tomorrow podcast for the DC TV plugs. Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV podcast network. So if you're interested in the Flash, Black Lightning, Legends of Tomorrow, Batwoman, Titans, Stargirl, Green Lantern, Strange Adventures, and the upcoming Superman and Lois series or DC TV After Dark, make sure to follow DC TV podcasts on social media and subscribe to the podcast mega feed if you want all those podcasts in one place and you can follow me on instagram at the derby kid i've posted a few little pictures i'm trying to go out every weekend and maybe try to take some pictures either with my iphone or my nikon d3400 which is kind of the low end dslr because i don't have a whole bunch of money to throw it at dslr <laughs> but uh it's expensive <laughs> but it actually take i mean you can do a lot with um just sort of the uh, kind of the entry level DSLR. So I'm, I'm trying to play around a little bit more with that and some of my lenses and things like that. So I'm trying to get better with my DSLR. So if you're interested in that journey, you can follow me over <laughs> at, uh, my Instagram at the Derby Kid. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel on youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. Uh, I keep saying I'm trying to get more Snyder Cut uh, content and I'm falling behind as I usually do with my YouTube channel. I'm just really trying so hard. But uh, I think, you know, things with uh, daily life and uh, work sometimes uh, take up more of your time than you would like. Uh, but uh, keep your eye on that because uh, I do have some things in the work. I just need uh, in the works. I just need to finish it up. So if you do want to check those out, you can follow me or, or subscribe. To my YouTube channel. And uh, I will say, following uh, Rebecca on Instagram is a great decision. The uh, recent pictures you took of like rusted stuff are really actually very beautiful. Well, thank you. I um, it's it's one of those things where you try to find something interesting about what you're looking at. Because like, when I go to uh, we went to um, it was a kind of a train museum, but we didn't really go in the museum part. They it's this little place in Alabama called Clear, Alabama. And uh, there is a I think it's called the Heart of Dixie Railroad Museum. I hope I gave the full title to them. Um, but they had like this old train and you could buy a ticket to go on the train and ride the train for a little bit. And so that was that was cool. And then they had all these old trains, just kind of like a train graveyard. And so I uh, when I go to something like that, I'm like, people are going to just take boring pictures of I'm sure there's a thousand people have taken boring pictures of these trains and so I tried to find little details in in the in the trains and so they were old and so they had a lot of rust so I would encourage people if you go to places like that look for the little things um, and find the things that maybe people don't notice that you think is interesting that's how I try to approach like looking for things to photograph is trying to find and, I, and I'm a big uh, believer in close-ups I like to see close-ups of things so um, that's that's kind of what I'm into so I, I I'm glad that other people appreciated it because I, I had a lot of fun with that yeah i've been i i noticed the uh the train pictures like popping up on my feed like today or yesterday i think it was today and uh which because you know algorithms <laughs> and <laughs> and i i saw the one of like the train where it's kind of like almost a rainbow on the one side it's such a cool picture 
Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I found a couple of good things, and they were also enhanced by some um, editing in Lightroom. So, so sometimes if you also think, oh, this is kind of a boring shot, you can make it a lot more interesting in the editing process. <laughs> um, so, uh, so that that was a good experiment for me. So it's been nice to get out and actually go places and do things and uh, actually find new things to photograph. So. Uh, yeah, so I'm trying to do more with my Instagram. Nice. Uh, so you can find me also on Instagram uh, and Twitter at Mojotastic. You can also find me as a co-host on uh, DCTV After Dark and also the Legends of Tomorrow podcast where we are closing out our spooky season uh, with, I believe we, we did, we just released our episode on Scream, a classic, a classic film and, uh, and, a friend of the podcast is on that one as well. Um, <laughs> Mike, my fiance, uh, who got to watch Scream with me, and also all of the spooky things I've had to. Wa- I've been watching all season. Hi, Supergirl Radio. Hi, Rebecca. Hey, Mike, <laughs> special drop in. <laughs> he was walking through the room as I was saying that. Uh, he he heard his ears burning. He was like, "Oh, what special <laughs> guest star?" Uh, he gets he always gets that special guest star billing uh, in the credits. But uh, we we're, we're closing we're closing out the spooky season uh, with the haunting of Hill House. So Ooh. that's a fun one. Um, we're we're looking at the Netflix, uh, the first episode of the Netflix TV show, which uh, not to spoil the the podcast episode too much, but I think both Amy and Kat are continuing to watch it, so that's oh, pretty good. That, yeah, that that, that uh, was, tells a lot I about. I felt very it. proud in my selection. That was mine. I was like, yes. <laughs> well, I actually uh, did not realize that was on Netflix, so maybe I will try to watch that as well. Because I, I, after listening to the Scream episode, I was like, "Man, I want to watch some Scream." And my DVDs are still. Uh, after my move to Alabama, a lot oh, of my no. a lot of my DVDs are still in storage, so I would have to go find them. Uh, maybe maybe they're on a streaming platform that I have access to, and I can actually watch them because I love Scream. So it was it was neat to hear y'all. Talk talk about a franchise that I love a lot and I haven't I used to watch them all the time and <laughs> since they were in boxes I haven't been watching them <laughs> um so I was having to try to remember the things that y'all were talking about and, and it was also uh, to, to talk about Mike a little bit uh it was neat to hear his perspective as well so uh thank you for talking about one of my fa- uh favorite franchises and maybe I'll uh discover a new uh haunted scary spooky thing with um is it called the uh, the haunting of or is it was it what's it called it's- so it's called The Haunting of Hill House. So Haunting of two, Hill House. Okay. Technically, there's two seasons, but it's an anthology show. So oh. the first one is the first one is The Haunting of Hill House, and the second one is The Haunting of Bly Manor. So Ooh. The Haunting of Hill House is based on The Haunting of Hill House by <laughs> Shirley Jackson, the novel. And The Haunting of Bly Manor is based on uh, Turn of the Screw by Henry James. But both of them are very, like, like vaguely based on it it's kind of like the inspiration some of the character names and sort of just the general vibe but they take the story in completely different directions it's really it's really super well done i i I forced mike to watch it with me a couple when it first came out which was like maybe last i think it was two years ago the first season came out uh hill house and he He's gotten uh, more immune to the scary stuff as as I forced him to watch it, you know, <laughs> you know, like you do. Um, <laughs> but uh, but back then he was like, a, I was like, oh, I don't really love horror stuff. And I was like, oh, let's just watch it. It's going to it's be really good. And by the end of the season, he was like, that might be like the one of my favorite shows I've ever watched. So oh, interesting. It's, it's really well done. It's 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 definitely spooky and there are some scary moments but it's more kind of about like a family um and like them living in the house and you know what happened back then and what's happening in the future it's it's really well done i i like it a lot okay I'll have i to would che- heavily recommend it i'll have to check that out i my my allegiances might be a little uh uh fractured because i think the mandalorian season two starts this weekend too i know i'm so excited so i may have to binge baby yoda (laughs) i may have to binge mandalorian season two and i'll try to start um start those as well are they releasing the mandalorian all at once this time 
Oh, I don't know. Or are they doing it week to week like they did last time, which was cruel and unusual? <laughs> I I guess I thought I I guess I assumed binging just because when I watched The Mandalorian, I waited until everything had already come out. So I just binged it all in one weekend. Now that you <laughs> now that you mention it, they may do episode each week. And if that's the case, I'm just going to wait, I think. But <laughs> you're just going to wait I, to binge it. But I also kind of just I need a baby Yoda fix. So maybe <laughs> I'll just become one of those people now who just waits each week. I mean, it's it's tough when you know Baby Yoda's right there, just waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, I, I don't think I can wait. So I guess maybe then that makes it a little better because if I only have one episode of The Mandalorian to watch, I got some horror stuff I can watch. There you go. Yeah. So I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Got some time. Or you can watch the horror stuff and then chase it with some Baby Yoda. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea because I do get really scared at some of those things <laughs> in my old age. <laughs> so that would actually help a lot. So that's a good strategy. Thank you very much. All right. Um, I guess that is going to do it for us with Supergirl 29. So uh, thank you to everybody who uh, joined us as we catch up on Supergirl Comics. (laughs) 